Welcome to Edge Show number 131. Happy 2015. We are doing something a little different this year. Instead of a long list of news items that are relevant for just IT pros, uh, we are going to give you kind of topic-focused news relevant for that area over the past month. So since I cover DevOps, I'm going to give you news for DevOps roughly for the past month um, in Microsoft. And you can go to visit that news by going to aka.ms forward slash DevOps news. With that, we are going to transition into our technical interview. So stay tuned. All right, we are continuing on here with the Edge Show, and today I'm joined by Claude. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, hey, how are you doing? So uh, could you tell our audience a little bit about uh, what you do here at Microsoft and kind of your background? Yeah, so I'm the GPM for release management, so I joined Microsoft about a year and a half ago. Uh, I, RM, or release management, was an acquisition for Microsoft, so I came from the original company mm -hmm. uh, and joined Microsoft to continue developing the product now as part of a, the Microsoft product. Okay, so uh, you know, release management's a huge important concept for uh, DevOps practices. I know uh, yeah. not too long ago we announced uh, release management as a service, and so I wanted to spend a little bit of time digging into that, but first I was hoping for maybe the folks that are out there who maybe haven't heard of release management, what is it? You can give us a brief kind of introduction to release right. management. So, so I'll try to do it yeah. brief. Yes, and, I know. There's whole courses on <laughs> yes. release management, so you can check those out if you need to go all the way. But So yeah. so, so basically, I'll just go over what RM does like the, from, from a higher level, and, uh -huh. the, and then we'll go look at what's new and what's uh -huh. on VSL. Sure. Uh, so basically, RM does four main functions. The, the first one is to deploy automatically. Uh, what we want to happen in, in a release pipeline is that we want to build once our bits and then deploy them to all the environments. So by the time we get to the last one, it has been tested uh, uh, over and over. Uh, and what we want is that when somebody says, now it's ready to go into a queue environment, somebody clicks a button and the deployment is done fully automated. And we'll talk about how we make that happen. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's important for RM is to automate the approval flow. Uh, in, in some cases, the approval flow might be the automated test half pass and, and we run. But in many organizations, really, you, you need to have somebody who looks, runs a number of tests and says, yes, for all the tests we needed in my integrated environment or my staging environment, now we're ready to go to the next environment. Yeah, kind of having a security governance kind of exactly. process in place for for various reasons. Right? Yeah, so, and we can put as many approvers prior to deployment, during deployment and after deployment, mm -hmm. or as little as none at all. So, mm -hmm. so, but it's something that is set once for the pipeline, and then every release, every time there's a new uh, check-in that's done, that crea creates a build, the build creates a release, and then the release will follow that governance pattern that you've set. Yeah, so attaching continuous integration, continuous deployment to uh, security. Right, yeah, exactly. Because we want to automate deployment to go faster, but while keeping it very secure. And, that, yeah. and that's often the, the trade-off, sure. and that's why you need automation to do that. Absolutely. Uh, the next thing is we, we call it deployed the same way to all stage. So for every component we attach to it the way it deploys, uh, and then we take that deployment procedure with it and we actually change, we use the same thing in every environment so that basically practice makes perfect. So we know that it will work once we get closer to prod. Uh, 
Um, and we provide in there the features to replace some of the values. For example, uh, uh, users and, and accounts might not be the same thing in every environment. Mm -hmm. So IAM will swap those values automatically for you. So you'll set it once, you'll run the same executables, the same mechanism, and we'll just do a, a XML transform on the different files that we need so that the deployment's the same everywhere. Hopefully hopefully avoiding those those concerns where somebody says, hey, well, it works in dev environment. Right. Why doesn't it work in stage? Yeah, you know? it, <laughs> it, it works yeah. on my machine. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last thing is every time we, we create uh, that uh, either manually I create a release or, or automatically from a build system, uh, we create a release transaction. And on that release transaction, and I'll show that a little bit, we keep everything that happens to the release. So approvals, deployments, logs, so that if we look uh, uh, backwards in time, we can actually go and audit what has happened. Or also when a deployment doesn't work, then you can you need to go in and diagnose and investigate. So all the information is captured on that one release transaction. Yeah, something blew up. Uh, what happened? Uh, I need to know what everything changed in yes. production. Yes, and right? and yeah. what files were used, what bits yep. did we have, and who approved okay. it, and what okay. tests were run, cool. and so so that's the idea, the 360 okay. view of everything. So um, so I, just so we understand, because the focus now is going to be right this this new service that we've yeah. enabled. Um, maybe you can give us an idea of what is the difference between kind of what we have had traditionally and the service. Okay. What does that look like? So, so traditionally, if we look at the components of RM, we have uh, uh, RM server that we install, which is a separate server, uh, and then you you'd build with TFS or, or another build system and go to a build. Uh, uh, location and then RM would go and manage the deployment to, to your target systems. And then we have a, um, a desktop client, which is where we configure everything, uh, and a web client, which is a very light uh, web approval client. That's for your uh, business approvers and in, in, in your different departments who gets an email that they need to approve to move forward on the workflow. Uh, so, so that's a very simplified one. So what we've done is uh, by going to VSO, the server itself uh, has been, uh, instead of connecting to your own server that you've installed, we, we connect to VSO. So uh, so, so on the traditional on-premises, the server, you'd have to install TFS, you'd have to have uh, you know the whole that whole stack right. installed on top of that. Even if you weren't going to use TFS as your source, anyway. right? And then you'd yeah. install the RM server. Then you, you you manage a connection. So now when we go to VSO and and the current uh, um, preview that we have on VSO, the RM is as a service on VSO, and we can basically use a build that is built on VSO. So and that will trigger the release, and we still access it with our uh, same clients that we have for the on-prem, um, and then we can deploy to Azure hosted environments. Our plan is to be able to deploy to on-prem very shortly, and to also uh, uh, evolve our ARM desktop client into a web client as well, very similar to the rest of, of the VSO uh, uh, experience. Okay. Um, but so for right now, you just need actually to download your your the client itself, which is a very small client, uh, to install it on your machine to configure everything, and from there you're good to go. You can perform okay. your different deployments. Okay. So yeah, I would love to to see it now. So All let's right. uh, let's maybe dig in and, and take a look at, at what this looks like in the in the console there. So here I'm I'm really going into that the release management uh, client itself. Uh, so the first thing I'll show it, and, and it's the same thing as we had before uh, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, feature. The difference here when we're connected to, uh, to VSO is that 
and we see it in the admin is that I'm actually uh, connected to a, a server that is on VSO. So instead of a, it's a, the service on VSO uh, based on my account and I'm connected to it with my own private account uh, okay. to, to connect in there. So if you have different accounts, you, you can actually participate in, in multiple services. Uh, based on on w which RM you you've been given access to uh, on VSO. So if you so if you you know creating a Visual Studio Online account, it's free. It's right? free. Yeah. And so is after that. I mean, do we just go in here and attach to yeah. the URL and we're good to go? Yeah, and exactly. And then you okay. can use it to go and to deploy to your target server on Azure. Okay. Um, one of the, the other thing also quickly also that we added uh, at the same time is the concept of global configuration variables. So that's something that didn't exist before where you can set global configuration uh, values that you want to be uh, able to be used by all the different scripts that you use in your deployment. So you can set it once and say, well, this is the account I'm using for everything or this is the setup for my language or, or whatnot. So, so that's an, a new feature we've added. We were able uh, up to now to define uh, uh, values for a given component on a given environment. Now we can define them globally. We can define them for a, a, a given target server. We can also define them for the component as well and the combination. So, so those variables are now stored, if you've connected there, into the service in VSO. Right, exactly. And then that allows those variables to be utilized in your provisioning uh, workflow scripts and stuff later Exactly. On. Okay. So, okay, so cool. that, that's, that's something that was... Actually, now we're number one ask. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So what I'll do now is I'll go to uh, the releases themselves and I'll go to the, the... So here we have this concept of the pipeline that, that we have where, where we can see some metrics on, on um, many deployments I've done in the last week. But I'll, I'll go in the list of release itself. All right. So here I'm going to pick the, the, the releases I've done in, in, in the last month. And basically here what we see is, is the different releases that were created. So remember we said every time I have a new version, I create a, a release transaction that captures all the information. So that's my list here. So I can look at the last 28 days or last day or, or whatnot. And I can pick the ones in progress, the one release, and I can see where they are, what's the current status. Uh, so I'll just open one up uh, and go into that specific release itself, and, okay. and we'll see all, all the details in there. And again, these are all going to be stored in the, in the VSO. And all oh. those are in okay. VSO, exactly. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and on each of these transactions here, I'm looking at the logs. So this is the details of everything that has happened. So in this case, we see that I've done a deployment to QA uh, with that release. Uh, I see the different steps. Uh, or my approvers, if the approvals were, were automated or, or manual. Uh, and I'll show quickly how we define those. Um, and then I can see, you know, the different actions that were part of the, uh, the deployment itself. So here I can see I deploy with using the desired state configuration. Um, and, and there's a lot of info on DSC. We could, we could spend quite a bit of time mm -hmm. on it. But, but this is an example using it. And then I can use see the log that came from the target server at execution time. We bring it back centrally so you can see what was executed, executed as part of that deployment. Uh, uh, we also have the ability to create your own actions, add your own additional logs if you want, and we'll bring them back here and, and show them to you at, at the release itself, at the release level. Okay. Um, so you're kind of showing a release pipeline history and the richness that's right. there. What about maybe the configuring the deployment yeah. structure itself? So, so I'll just show quickly how we configure the, the, the governance or the pipeline itself. 
Um, so I'll just open the one I'm using for, for this app. Um, it's a simple one. I have only uh, uh, two stages in there, QA and prod. Typically, we, there's um, more than that. Uh, but if you see here, for every one of the stages, we define the environments on which the deployment will happen. Uh, in this case, those are, are Azure environments. Um, and, and those environments are synced with Azure. So basically, you, you have the subscriptions that you set for Azure. Those, the environments you have defined on Azure will be available there for you to select to deploy to based on, on your Azure subscription. Uh, and then you set uh, acceptances and approval before deployment. We have a deployment step. Somebody can receive a notification. We have a post-deployment, and then we have the final approvers, which are usually the uh, business approval or the testing approval. We can have a person. We can have a, a group. We can have multiple of them. Uh, we could add uh, additional approvers if we wanted, or, or none at all. If we had no approvers or they were all automated, then if everything installed, we would go to directly to the next and, stage. And those approvers could do they have to be in Active Directory, Azure Active Directory? Can it just be an email account? I mean, so, is it wh whoever they want? So we sync with PFS Security, we sync with uh, Active Directory, or it can be an email account. Okay. Uh, either or. Okay. Um, all right. So, and again, you can set as many stages as you want, and and mm -hmm. and reuse your your approval groups from one to the other. Uh, the app itself. So, I, I configured the deployment uh, itself. I'll just go into again the one I, I used for for this uh, specific specific application. Uh, so the way it works is we have a number of pre-done actions that we can use and, and a number of control flows. So here we have a simple case. The, the example we have is just deploying a, a, a website. So we do that as a sequence. Uh, in many cases in prod, we might want to do in parallel different things and have, uh, and then force back some sequence. Uh, we also have a concept of a rollback where if something fails, we can actually say, well, this is how I install and this is how I uninstall or I revert back. And we can put additional scripts in, in for the rollback situation. Um, and also this morning uh, that came up again, uh, we have a manual intervention that, that you can go and add, which basically is a step where you can select somebody, let's say a, a clone, uh, to receive some instruction when the deployment is there. And, and that is used usually as you automate, if you have some certain steps you want somebody to go and do, or we find uh, uh, customers use it as a breakpoint. So they might say, I'm deploying this component with this script, and then I put a manual so I can see if everything worked well, and then I can go to the next step, and then they, they remove them. So, so manual is, is, is very practical in that sense. I, I could also see how this would be really useful for folks who are doing, let's say, continuous integration, where maybe they're firing off a lot of different tests yeah. within this workflow, and a build fails. Hey, that's like a, you know, in the, the Toyota automation process, that's the pulling the anon cord. That's the, hey, I need an alert. I need everybody to focus on yeah. fixing this problem yeah, right I, now. You know, and you're yeah. right. Manual intervention is also often the first thing you get in a rollback box which yeah. would be, okay, I'm not sure if you're doing a big prod deployment, you want to have a revert automatically triggered right, right. away, you might want to go and yeah. investigate. So manual fits very well on go investigate, and, mm -hmm. and that's what you would put in, in there. So I if I look at other things we put in there, uh, would be re really how I do my deployments. For, for example, here, again, I'm defining my, I'm deploying my website, uh, I've created a custom configuration here. So in QA, I set my flag. For example, I have a feature flag, which I've put to true. 
so, so that it can be switched. So that's a value that I'm setting right there. Uh, and here, basically, I'm using this uh, uh, DSC PowerShell script to actually execute the deployment. Mm -hmm. So when we hit this one, we have the information we need to go and create that deployment. Okay. On ARM, on yeah. So could we, I mean, so you have PowerShell here, and your, your DSC is an example. Um, do it, do we support like things like Chef here, for instance, if we wanted to provision whatever we wanted with Chef yeah. here? So, so in many ways, what we can run there is any executable. And many, a lot of customers use PowerShell to wrap it, but we do have on RM on prem an action pre done which is deploy with Chef. It's going to be made available. Uh, on this version as well. It's not there yet. We're still in preview. But the plan for us is to be able to to uh, use pretty much any other deployment mechanism you have. Uh, if you created your own already, if you have a, uh, already creating a, a packages, for example, then we just run the, the install of them. So so that's the, the logic in ARM. It's, it's really a, a broader framework where we can run pretty much anything. If you have nothing, PowerShell DSC would be a default. Uh, but we can run any any third party. The same thing also on on VSO. Right now we're consuming uh, from Team Build, uh, uh, but on prem and coming on VSO, we'll be able to consume from NuGet, from you know a third party repository, and so on and so forth. Same thing, you know, tell us where your bits are. We're going to move them and then deploy them, uh, and giving you kind of the overall framework tracking and, and history that you need around it. So it seems like a a, a lot of a lot of power and flexibility here. It's like, have whatever workflow you want. <laughs> yes. Use whatever kind of executable to a large extent that yeah. you want. And then even the build system that you want, if you've got investments maybe in existing automated build testing systems, plug it in yeah. here and, and you're off and running. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. very cool. All right, thanks so much, Claude, uh, for your time and, uh, you know, um, release management is cool stuff. Yeah, so th thanks again for the the opportunity to again talk about our product. We're very happy uh, that it's now available on VSO and where we're going. Keep, keep an eye on it. Awesome. All right, thanks. All right, thanks for watching this Edge Show, giving you the behind-the-scenes look into some of the relevant products and technologies here at Microsoft. If you want to contact us at the Edge Show, you can visit our Facebook page at uh, Channel 9 Edge Show, or you can send us a tweet at TN Edge. And until next time, tune in. <laughs>